Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, recording here on Saturday afternoon, less than 24 hours after the Patriots preseason finale in Las Vegas, a game I promise we will not dwell on because, boy, uh, did the offense look like it had slept on some sidewalk off the strip Thursday night and had to be peeled off the pavement Friday morning, handed a coffee, and then went straight to work. Now, I get that we have talked offense, offense, offense on this podcast, but we need to put a bow on the preseason because 53-man roster cuts are coming Tuesday, 4 p.m. That's a deadline for everyone. And if you want a full projection, go back to last week. Fitzy and I did dueling roster projections. You get two for the price of one episode. It was our most listened to episode yet. So people liked either the, the choices we were making, the jokes Fitzy had, whatever was going on there. Most of that is still intact. I haven't changed my mind a whole lot since last week. And also my colleague at the Boston Herald, Karen Gregan, is going to have her final 53-man roster projection out Monday morning. So um, the only things that have really changed there, we'll get to at the end of the episode. And I promise this one, again, as bad as Friday was, is not going to be an all-doom and gloom episode. Um, but if you want sunshine and roses, look, there are probably plenty of other places for that because this is just always going to be a sober look at where the Patriots are which is not as bad as we saw Friday night. The most important competition we saw this week was Tuesday and Wednesday enjoy practices. Um, when the Patriots and Raiders starters went head-to-head, Vegas rested all of their starters Friday night. Um, and Mac Jones, as we detailed in our last episode with Jim McBride, was 20 of 25 in team drills on Wednesday in that final joint practice. But despite that, the Patriots are not where they want to be. And all you had to do was listen to Mac and Bill Belichick post-game. So, Here's what we've learned from the preseason in its entirety. Again, it's not as bad as Friday night, but Friday was really concerning because I'm at the point with takeaway number one here that Mac Jones is year two leap, which you heard me say early in training camp. We were talking like it's already happened. It's on hold. It's not canceled. Okay. And it's on hold really due to factors outside of his control. But let's recap his preseason. Okay. He's played in two games against Carolina and Las Vegas. Both of those defenses rested their starters. He went 13 of 21 for 132 yards, three sacks. He got hit five times. That's a completion percentage of 62%, and he averaged 6.3 yards per attempt. Now, before anyone shoves small sample size down my throat, I get it. But again, those are all against second and third stringers. Secondly, um, small samples are all that we have like welcome to the preseason this is it the sample is only shrinking as the nfl goes from four to three preseason games and spoiler alert is about to go to two and last year as we wrap this up 
Mac, when he emerged as a better passer than Cam Newton, no one, not even the Patriots, was clamoring, oh, small sample. Okay, you just saw it, you got it, and you understood. And speaking of last year, again, Mac, this preseason, 13 to 21, 132 yards, three sacks, an interception, 62% completion percentage. Last year, also against backups, he was 36 of 52 for 388 yards, one touchdown, no picks, five sacks, and a completion percentage of 69% with a seven-point yards per attempt average. So bottom line there, all of those numbers are better from last year. They've gone down this year. I'm not in the camp that Mac Jones has already regressed. You could say by the look of it, it seems like he has, but that is something that I will need a bigger sample of, again, starting defense to declare because we know he's in better shape. He's still, for the most part, razor accurate, but he's been a little skittish. He was spooked against Carolina, unusually inaccurate, even within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage on those first two drives. Then they get going once he's protected. He was spooked to start the Raiders game. And then you look at his last nap. It's the same deal. The first sign of pressure, he's bailing. And then you have a throwaway and third down in the red zone. So part of this is due to protection, no doubt about it. But when Mac was under pressure last year, everyone's going, oh, this is a kid beyond his years. And now in Vegas, under pressure, he was one for four with an interception that I still cannot explain the more I watch it. So Mac Jones is your two leap, cannot save this offense on its own. For now, it's on hold. They've got a lot more issues to figure out. And number two takeaway from the preseason, the offensive line is really struggling badly. And pass protection, we just talked about this. But if you just boil down all the numbers, the sacks, the hits, the hurries, Mac got hit on more than one end of every five of his dropbacks this preseason. And new right tackle Isaiah Wynn gave up a sack. And a quarterback hit over four drives, just four drives, not a half, not a whole game, four drives on Friday against the Raiders backups. Swing tackle, Justin Huron, guy who's played left, he's played right, he's done okay. He gave up a strip sack against Brian Hoyer, and he's had a tough summer, granted, with some injuries that, of course, I'm sure I would never want to deal with and certainly would keep me out longer than a week or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago. Cole Strange, he's a lot of pressure in each of the last two preseason games. Another guy playing just about four to five drives. So you get you get the problems here. Pass protection, luckily for the Patriots, can kind of be papered over, though, if Mac has a quick trigger or the offensive line, which has already made some adjustments in protection, just keeps working at that and has a dialogue between David Andrews and Mac Jones, who had mastered the old system under Josh McDaniels. So there's work to be done there. The issue, as much as you've heard me say tons of times, where the passing game should be weighted much more heavily in the run game, though, the issue is in the running game. Because from things that have been reported, Doug Kyda Pro Football Focus had a couple of weeks ago, the Patriots felt they would get settled once they, quote, established a run. I said, this is, this is very old school thinking. This is not the cutting edge of modern football that you want and need. I talked to Daron Harmon this week, expatriate safety now with the Raiders. I said, what are you seeing in this offense? What are you hearing from your old coaches and teammates? He's saying they want to run the ball. They're physical. It's going to be bigger personnel, a lot more two tight ends. And his belief was they would get there. Well, Tuesday joint practices, they got stuff seven and eight times. Six out of seven, depending on who you talk to, but ultimately not great. And not just the total number of run stuffs, which this is going to take a while because they haven't been in pads for all of summer. They're working towards this in the run game and the run defense. But when you look at specifically at the plays, an outside zone, which when we're talking all the Shanahan-style stuff, that's what we mean, the outside zone game paired with the bootlegs and the play action off of it. They have averaged more than two yards on man-blocked runs. They're old stuff, so power and counter. Where you see a pulling guard coming around the edge or crack tosses like Ramondre Stevenson gained 13 yards there in the second quarter in Vegas. Or duo, which is kind of – it's harder to discern because it looks so close to inside zone, but basically it's an inside run 
where you start automatically with double teams. They're doing better with all of these runs than the outside zone, which on Friday, Friday alone, we're, we're going from small samples now to just tiny. They ran four outside zone plays. One went backwards for minus four yards. Another went for two yards. Another went for three yards. And the other one had a holding penalty, which even if they hadn't called it, would have gone for zero yards. So that's one yard total on four rushes and a holding penalty. And that's not great. That hold also on Isaiah Wynn, not great to be Isaiah Wynn these days, even though it was for Mike Onwenu. And in recent years, when you look at, you know, running game and analytics, the reason why I bring up all this, again, this is not going to be all doom and gloom, but the offensive line is important because as good as Damian Harris is and as good as Ramondre Stevenson is, and they're really, really good. When you look at the analytics, a team's running game and how effective or not effective it is, is really dependent on two things, how good your offensive line is and then how many defenders are in the box pre-snap. That's largely it. And if you think about it, that makes sense because as much as, you know, the power of one person holding the ball has, he's one out of, you're talking, 16 to 17 guys in there, including the blockers, the quarterback handing the ball off, and everyone on defense, okay? One out of 16 is not going to determine that play more than the 15 other players crashing in to stop them. So it doesn't matter if you have the Dallas Cowboys offensive line from the 90s, okay? If you stack the box, you're not going to run the ball well. But right now, teams don't have to stack the box to stop the Patriots, who are trying this new running game, and it's not going anywhere. And that's the problem, big picture. The Patriots are not good. In fact, they've been poor at all the new things that they set out to change and try under Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. The offensive line with the outside zone is going nowhere. Their two tight end personnel average 2.9 yards per play in Vegas. Their protection schemes have holes in them, have holes in them. And the coaches in charge are not experienced in how to problem solve and fix this. And there's a way. They will find a way to get better. This is how the Patriots work. It's just taking longer than expected. And when you look at the issues, if you have problems up front, that's going to affect everything else and much faster than you would if, okay, we can't get guys free on the outside. Okay, run some pick routes. Have some switch releases. You know, there are schemes to get guys open, screens, different things of that nature. Like the Patriots did as a top 10 scoring offense last year, despite being the most pressed team in the NFL. So much of this is going to fall on Patricia and Judge and ultimately Bill Belichick, who's really been running with the offense and coaching it in practices 90% of the time. Like this is his offense. And you just need to see where this goes because when you have Mac Jones's year two leap on hold and a running game that's really in trouble because the offensive line is struggling with these new schemes, you're not going to be able to get anything off the ground. Now, third takeaway, something that could get off the ground. And this is where we're, we're taking a break from all the black clouds, as bad as that info was. The defense, I'll tell you, and I fully believe this, has top 10 upside this year. And I think this is a high variance unit, meaning you could have, you know, in all the universes out there, a great defense, maybe even top five. And in other universes, certainly a bottom 10 unit. And a lot of this is going to come down to a health. You know, if Matt Judon, Jalen Mills are out, we're looking at a lot of trouble, Devin McCourty, all those guys. But a lot of it is going to hinge on takeaways. And takeaways will disguise bad defenses as good ones, good defenses, great defenses, and take great defenses with good talent and discipline and pressure and coverage and make them all-time units. So it's TBD on that. But up front, I'll tell you, I'm cautiously okay with this pass rush. I mean, Matt Judon's still in his prime. Anthony Jennings had nine pressures this preseason. Again, context against backups from the Giants, Panthers, and Raiders. But there's a reason that guy is starting opposite Judon, not only in the preseason, but in joint practices. 
in practices before that and coming out of nowhere as a third-year guy. Then you got Christian Barmore. He's been quiet the last week or two, but he's in there. If you just keep Joshua Chan third downs, not early downs where he's going to duck inside and allow a touchdown, <clears throat> as we saw in uh, the first quarter against the Raiders, he'll be fine. There's enough talent there. And the other part about that as we move back with this defense, the second-level play I think is going to be much steadier because the beginning of end of last year, Dante Hightower comes back, he's getting his feet wet, and then it looks like he's drowning. Like, you're going to have steadier play with Juwan Bentley officially in his prime. Raquan McMillan, who sneaky had an outstanding preseason. And then a guy like Mac Wilson, who will jump in in dime packages and be the lone linebacker with as much speed as any inside linebacker I think the Patriots might have had, certainly since Jamie Collins early in his early in his career. Um, and he's making plays. So you've got the three of them, Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips will be there in that second level where Duggar, of course, going into his third season. Phillips in his third season with the Patriots, like that's going to be a steadier level. You're not going to have Hightower missing tackles against the Colts or Kyle Van Noy having to bounce in and out where the foot speed just isn't there. That's going to be better. The bigger question as we go back and out of the outside is of course going to be corner. And this isn't something new if you've been following along, but the difference in this conversation is Jonathan Jones, who I've said on this podcast multiple times, Teams are picking on him. They did enjoy practices. They've done in the preseason game, throwing jump balls up against him because he's five foot nine. Now, if he can take care of that, their problems aren't over because as good as Miles Bryant and Marcus Jones have been in the slot, and it was really their improvement and production that allowed the Patriots to bump Jonathan Jones outside. If you're Miami in week one and you watch Isaiah McKenzie smoke Miles Bryant, in week 16 last year, and then again in the playoff game? Like, how do you feel when you get to drop Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddell in the slot? Like, I think Miles Bryant's had a good camp. I think he's a legitimate NFL player, especially because he can bounce back to safety. But it's it's going to take two of them to solidify that secondary. Now, I think they've got better depth there, and I think if they pivot to some more zone, they'll be okay. But if Jonathan Jones isn't going to work out outside, or you can't count on Bryant or Marcus Jones to work out in the slot, you got to bring Jonathan Jones back in. And then it's Terrence Mitchell, who's a guy who's squarely right now in the roster bubble. And I think the Patriots would trust him more than a guy like Sean Wade, but does Wade offer more upside long-term? Probably. Like these are the conversations the team is going to be having over the next couple of days where, again, things could go really right for this defense, as we just talked about in terms of health and pass rush and then the cornerback play, or it could swing in the other direction. But before camp, if I told you the Patriots might have a top 10 defense, you should have just shut this podcast off because I would be saying things that like, there's really no evidence for this, but when you see the pieces coming together and the better depth up front, and the way you have a new starting corner outside in Jonathan Jones, at least theoretically, like those things have come together because Jalen Mills has absolutely solidified one end of this defense, getting the better of Devontae Adams in some drills in Vegas. And I'm not saying he's going to be a pro bowler or a shutdown guy or someone who travels with the number one receiver every single game, but you don't have to worry about Jalen Mills. And that's huge because then you can divert resources either outside or in the slot, depending on if Jonathan Jones, Marcus Jones, or Miles Bryant need help. But of course, ideally for the Patriots, it would be none of them. Hey guys, just a quick break to remind you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager in all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and line. I know you've got a lot of different options out there, but stick with betonline.ag. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball. NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf with the futures. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. So head on to Bet Online today or use your phone or iPad or whatever you have just to join today and make your first 
bet with the promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 for a 50%, 50 whole percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's talk about the defense on Friday. Um, because, look, you give up two scores right away to Jarrett Stidham, not great. But I'll tell you, I'm not too concerned about that showing, even though it was against the Raiders backups, because the first drive, the Raiders go down and get a field goal. Kyle Duggar's playing single eyes safety, okay? And Devin McCourty's in the box. I would be shocked if we see more than a dozen snaps of that, knowing that Devin McCourty is best position, is a guy who's been back there. Like, Devin McCourty's career is not that far away from getting a learner's permit, like, and he spent his virtually his whole career back there as a single high safety. He's still got the 4-4 speed to go sideline to sideline. Kyle Duggar's a good player. But Kyle Duggar is not used to all the play fakes that Devin McCourty has seen. And so Kyle Duggar bit from a single high safety, a place where the rule back there is GTFB in Belichick terminology, get back. He bit, play action, tight end right down the seam, drops him inside the red zone. That's just not going to happen. The second one, I've already alluded to this. Raiders again to get down inside the red zone. Jachuche's starting at the left of the offensive side. It's really the right end on the defense. And he just immediately ducks inside. Someone who's got to set the edge. They're running a toss in his direction. He might as well have just rolled out the red carpet into the end zone. Those are things I don't think we're going to see a whole lot in the regular season. They might if Judon or Anthony Jennings gets hurt or Devin McCourty gets hurt. But all told, the 10 points they gave up to Jared Stidham, even though it's Jared Stidham, didn't feel as bad to me in terms of what I would expect from this unit because of the depth. All right, I teased some 53-man roster talk. Um, couple that I think are going to make the team. One, I would have 99.9% confidence in Brendan Schooler. Safety out of Texas. This is a guy we had on roster projections dating back to the first week of camp. He's making the team. He started on three units Friday night. Demarcus Mitchell, though, rookie linebacker out of Purdue, who you saw had a nice rush on the first drive Vegas had Friday night in the second half, and it leads to a Jack Jones. I don't remember if it was the force fumble or the pass breakup, but right along the near sideline. I did also started on three teams. And this was a night when Matthew Slater, Cody Davis, and Justin Bethel started on all four. So their presence there on three of the four starting units for special teams is big. LeBron Ray, Alabama, outside linebacker, such defensive end. I'm still not sure about he's in the 54th, 55th guy conversation for me. I think he's going to make the team because when you look at him, like he's setting a solid edge. He plays with heavy hands. He's very good in these these two-man games with the stunt, which freed up Daniel Ekwale for a sack. I think they see him as someone who obviously had some untapped potential with all the injuries he dealt with at Alabama. But also, you're probably not sneaking through waivers at this point, and you just say, we'll keep him for now. Once everyone sets their 53-man rosters, you know, maybe we'll release him later on if we can't make the numbers work or when Tyquan Thornton comes back. But I think Ray's done enough there. The one guy I don't know about, and is often thrown around in these undrafted conversations, Cody Russi. So he's a center out of Houston. He's certainly gotten better throughout this preseason and training camp. And with how injury-prone the Patriots' offensive line is, though, they need guys with position versus positional versatility, and I just haven't seen that from him yet. Like, I don't think he's played any guard, and they need guys who can not only just do center guard, but sometimes he got to tackle. Like, Will Sherman is a second-year guy. He's playing pretty well at guard, and he's moonlighted at tackle, and that's what they have here. So I would, if Rossi makes a roster, I would count on James Ferentz getting cut, going to the practice squad because James Ferentz is not going anywhere. And then they might promote Ferentz over Rossi, make Rossi inactive, but he's a guy I just don't know yet as exclusively a center with David Andrews healthy and playing well that you would put on the 53-man roster over some of these other guys that we just talked about. So 
before we get to Tuesday, as we wrap it up here, Patriots are going to return to work on Monday. Is my understanding cuts coming at 4 p.m. Tuesday? I would expect Belichick to speak uh, Wednesday morning, perhaps even Tuesday morning, which is what happened last year. And then I think the team's going to get around two days off around Labor Day weekend. So, look, there's a long way to go. And you're going to hear Belichick say that time and again. And there's truth in it. But the good news for them is, despite all those stats that I rattled off and where we are with this offense, they've got two weeks to kind of figure it out. And it feels, in a way, kicking the can down the road because, you know, you can roll back the tape. Going into the Carolina joint practices felt like an inflection point for this offense. Are they going to stick with it? Are they going to change things? What's going to happen? Same thing was said about Vegas. You can't go into your last preseason game and have an offense that's falling apart. And to their credit, they rebounded. Really good practice for the starting offense on Wednesday. And then you had this roller coaster downturn on Friday. And that matters. That counts. I think if Mac Jones doesn't throw an interception or doesn't end his first series with the sack or go three and out in the second drive, whatever the order was in those, like they probably wouldn't be out there as long. Like there's a reason teams are starting to rest all their guys in that last week. But they have to sort this out in practice. They have to do it against themselves because this is not a good matchup in Miami. But we got plenty of time before we get to that. So it's never as bad as it looks. The old saying is true. Uh, it's never as great as it feels. The Patriots will be in a wildly different place um, in a couple weeks from now. Certainly come mid-October when I mentioned Tyquan Thornton, as we just heard from uh, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, is likely to come back. So till then, hang in. We will have a podcast to recap whatever happens on Tuesday with the 53-man roster. Uh, and then later, as I said last week, a pot with Seth Wickersham. He's going to come on. We're going to do some really, really big picture stuff because, you know, with the Patriots taking some days off around Labor Day, um, there's a lot of time to fill without a lot of practice, preseason games or joint practices. But we made it. Summer is over. We're going to have the week one roster here soon. And until then, we'll catch you next week.